Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. This episode has been sponsored by Party Like a Saint. PartyLikeASaint.com, supplying saint-themed party decorations for birthdays, First Holy Communion, feast days, and more. Over 20 different saints, including St. Clair of Assisi, and more saints coming soon. Saints Alive listeners can get a discount of $12 off a purchase of $40 or more. Go to www.PartyLikeASaint.com slash Saints Alive and subscribe to the email list for your discount. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand-illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. St. Clair was born in Assisi, Italy on July 16, 1193. She was the eldest daughter of a wealthy and respected family and had everything and more provided for her. But she gave up her life of luxury for poverty when God called her heart to more. She founded an order of Franciscan sisters called the Poor Clares, which is still active today. Her story is one of courageous faith, miracles, and the privilege found in true poverty. Our story starts on a cold night in the middle of winter. A starry sky covered the frozen city of Assisi, and all was still. Claire sat next to the crackling fire, wrapped beneath a blanket with her two little sisters, Katerina and Beatrix, by her side. Yes, please, Mama. The one about the princess. No, no, the one you told us last night about the great storm. Claire, I see that look in your eye. What would you like to hear about? Oh, can you please tell us about one of your pilgrimages? I had a feeling that's what you were daydreaming about. You're just like me. Now, where should I start? It was all so wonderful but there was one day I'll never forget. I was on a journey up the Santiago to Compostela. I'd been walking for days and had nothing but the clothes I wore and a small satchel. I relied entirely on the generosity. Ortolana Alfreduccio was a loving mother and wife and led her family with a steadfast and resilient faith. Before she had married, she spent years making pilgrimages all over the world she visited the Holy Land, Rome, and Santiago de Compostela. The stories of her journey captured Claire's imagination. 
She longed to walk the footsteps of the apostles and Jesus himself. Her heart soared as she looked into the eyes of her brave mother, knowing she wanted to be exactly like her one day. Ortolana! Ortolana! Yes? What's wrong? I'm in here with the girls. Oh, my darlings, we must go. At once. There's no time to spare. We aren't safe here. During this time, the city of Assisi was in the midst of a civil war. In recent days, the battle had escalated and troves of men began to raid and destroy the great mansions one by one. The Alfreduccio family had known the day was approaching when they would need to flee. What do we do? Don't worry, everything will be all right. Here, take your coat and take a blanket. And your doll. Just one doll? There isn't time. Come now, we must be brave. They left everything behind and fled by horse-drawn carriage into the cold, clear night. Claire turned around to see her beloved home once more before they slipped around a bend and on towards safety. Two years passed quickly by, and once the fighting finally ended, Claire and her family were able to return to Assisi. Her life was wonderful, filled with dances, parties, and music, and days of leisure and fun. She was strikingly beautiful and popular. But Claire felt her heart aching for more, and she knew this life of luxury wasn't what satisfied. Her longing for more found an answer on a sunny afternoon in the spring of 1212. It was an ordinary day, vendors yelling back and forth, women and men working, but through the din, Claire heard a voice of a man that changed her life forever. She walked forward and peered over throngs of people to see a young man, dressed in rags, preaching with passion. Remember that when you leave this earth, you can take with you nothing that you have received, only what you have given. He's a madman. You know who that is, don't you? What? Uh, no, I, I don't, but I must say, he looks so familiar. Everyone knows him. He's the Bernadone boy. He gave away everything and lives in utter poverty, preaching about Jesus like a madman. And, what's worse, he's dragged other men along with him. You were created for Christ, to serve his people and lay down your life for him. We have been called to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. Claire looked around, and though she saw skepticism, there was also a glimmer of hope in the eyes of the crowd. Francis was preaching the truth of Christ, and they couldn't help but listen. She watched as birds flew overhead and landed around him, some even perching on his shoulders. You seem enamored with all he has to say. He speaks the truth, and my heart is drawn to it. Well, the birds certainly seem to like him. Claire went home that night and pondered the words of Francis in her heart. Her father had tragically passed away the year before, and she knew how much he had wanted her to marry. But she also knew how deeply her father loved her and loved Christ. 
A few days later, Claire returned to the city to seek out Brother Francis. She found him praying with the poor. A dog sat at his feet, happily wagging its tail as Francis pet his shaggy head. Brother Francis? My name is Claire, and I was wondering if I could speak with you. Of course. What can I do for you? Well, I don't know how to say this except as simply as I feel it. I think God is calling me to a life like yours, to devote myself as a sister and take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. (laughs) This, this is a beautiful calling. I must ask, though, have you sought permission from your father? Well, you see, my father passed away. My uncle Monaldo is in charge now, and and I know he would never allow this. Mm, I see, I see. Well, we must ask permission from the bishop himself. That way your uncle would understand. Do you have time now? Of course. Claire and Francis walked through the city, sharing their lives and love of God. They had an instantaneous bond, and it was almost as if they were a long-lost brother and sister together at last. After a long walk, they arrived at the bishop's home. His Excellency Bishop Guido, how may I assist you? I'm Brother Francis. The bishop knows me well. And this is my friend, Lady Claire. We request an urgent visit with His Excellency. Very well. Right this way. Claire and Francis looked at one another and smiled. They had prayed for God to allow them a visit with Bishop Guido, and now they just needed his consent. They heard the sound of footsteps approaching, and both stood and bowed as the bishop entered the room. Brother Francis, so good to see you again. And young lady, what do I owe this pleasure? Thank you so much for agreeing to see us, Bishop. I wish to give myself entirely to the Lord, and to follow Brother Francis's lead. I see. Well... There are many convents and orders you can enter. But that's just it. I want to live in complete poverty, like Francis, with no earthly goods. She could begin her own convent, Bishop Guido. We have the space for this at the Church of San Damiano. This is just what I've been praying for. Hmm, I see. The three of them sat in silence for what felt like an eternity to Claire. She silently prayed, asking God to allow the bishop's heart to be opened. This is a serious decision. I must pray about it. In one week's time, on Palm Sunday, do not take a branch, Lady Claire. If I've decided to allow you to pursue this vocation, I will personally give you a palm branch, myself. Thank you, Your Excellency. God bless you, Bishop Guido. The next week seemed endless for Claire. She prayed for courage, wisdom, and trust, but couldn't stop wondering what the bishop would decide. It all seemed to rest in his hands. On the morning of Palm Sunday Mass, Claire arrived to the church an hour early to pray. She felt herself shaking in the pew, knowing that no matter the outcome, this day would change her life. The church slowly filled, and soon the entrance hymn began. Everyone waved a palm branch in their hand, watching as the bishop walked down the aisle. Claire could hardly breathe in anticipation. The bishop, surrounded by incense, altar servers, and his fellow priests, walked right by Claire. But when he reached the altar, he bowed deeply and picked up a palm branch. He turned around and walked straight to Claire, laid the branch in her hand, and blessed her. 
You have my blessing, Lady Claire. May God be with you. Oh, thank you, Bishop. Oh, thank you. Claire looked over to see Brother Francis, a few pews behind her, a tear in his eye, and a smile on his face. Claire would be joining him. That same night, when everyone else was sleeping deeply, Claire crept down the stairs of her house. She brought nothing with her, but the sacrifice brought her joy. She quietly tiptoed out the back door, closing it behind her. Together with Francis, she made a plan to escape from her uncle to the Church of St. Mary of the Angels. Here, she would profess her vows and begin life as a sister. She prayed in thanksgiving to God and walked until she could see the faint flicker of torches within the church. There she is. Claire, meet my fellow brothers. We are all so honored to have you. It is truly my honor to be with all of you. Are you ready? Yes. I have been ready for this day my entire life. Then let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sister, this... That night, Claire professed vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. She put on a beautiful black veil and habit. The church in Assisi was alive with the love of God, and the torches seemed to burn brighter than usual that night. Claire and the friars made their way to Bastilla, to the convent of San Paolo, where Claire would start her life as a sister. The next morning, Claire's uncle Minaldo discovered that she had left to join the friars, and he was furious. He went to the convent three times over the next few weeks to persuade her to come home. He begged, bribed, and threatened. But Claire obstinately refused. Finally, he accepted that she would never return. Only a month later, Claire's little sister, Katerina, went to join Claire at the convent, and Uncle Minaldo was more enraged than he had ever been. We must respect her wishes, Minaldo. Surely this is the path God wants for her. Ortolana, you do not understand the gravity of this predicament. Your daughters will bring our family to ruin. Look at what the Francis boy has done to his own family. What has he done? He is spreading the gospel, living for Christ. I see nothing wrong. Of course you don't. It was you who put the silly idea in their head. All of your pilgrimages. Now look what you've done. It's clear that both Claire and Katerina have made up their minds. I'm finished arguing with Claire, but I will bring back Katerina. You mark my words. I don't care what she says. This time, I'll bring other men with me, and I'll drag her home if I must. I'm the head of this household, and I will not let your daughters destroy this family. Minaldo was a man of his word. The following day, he gathered every man in the Alperduccio family. They rode on horseback to the convent of San Paolo, determined to bring Catherine back. I demand to enter! The abbess of the convent was a frail, elderly sister, but led her convent with a strong, loving hand. God bless you, Sir Monaldo. What a pleasant surprise to see you so soon. Enough with your pleasantries. I'm here to take back Lady Caterina. Where is she? 
Well, I'm afraid she and Claire are praying in the chapel. Out of my way. The band of men rudely pushed the abbess aside and marched into the convent. Oh, she's going to need some sort of a miracle to resist these men. God help her. They found the two sisters in the chapel kneeling before the altar. Katerina matched Claire in her long black habit and had taken the name Agnes once she became a sister. They heard the slam of the church doors and turned around, startled. I will not have another woman in this family disgrace us. Katerina, you are coming home. Uncle Minado, you are mistaken. You see the bishop himself. But her uncle would hear none of it. He grabbed Katerina by the arm and began to drag her from the pew. Claire, please help me. Claire fell to her knees in prayer, begging God for a miracle. There's no point fighting back. There's no point in prayer. You're coming with me. Uncle Minaldo tried to drag her, but she didn't move from where she stood. The five strong men tried lifting and pulling and pushing, but little Katerina didn't move an inch. It was as if she weighed a thousand pounds. Come on, men! Put your back into it! Keep praying, Claire. It's it's working. You just need to... I can't get her to move! At last, he gave up. Claire looked into the eyes of her uncle and slowly stood. Minaldo was mystified. The truth finally sunk into his hardened heart that God was working through Claire. I... I... I give up. I won't force your hand. And... Um... I'm sorry. You are forgiven. Know that my prayers are always with you and all of our family. Minaldo's eyes softened and he let a small smile escape before turning to leave with his men. Some months later, Francis arrived to visit Claire with some good news. My sister. Brother Francis, how are you? Wonderful, I have excellent news. Oh, do tell. I've secured a convent for you in San Damiano. It's empty, run down, well, it needs some fixing up, but- Oh, that's incredible! When can we move in? Today, if you're ready. I am always ready to go where the Lord is calling. Let me get Sister Agnes and we'll be on our way. Claire, Francis, and Agnes made the trek to San Damiano. They wore no shoes, had no belongings, and relied entirely on the goodwill of others but there wasn't the least bit of apprehension. They trusted God completely. They arrived to the convent to find it in shambles. It was covered in vines and overgrown weeds. There were broken windows and cobwebs laced every doorway. But Clara was ecstatic. She and Sister Agnes got to work right away, praying and cleaning day after day. It wasn't long before other women began to join them at the convent. Even Claire's other sister, Beatrix, and her own mother, Otolana, joined the order and became sisters themselves. After only a few years, there were convents opened in other parts of Italy, Germany, France, and Prague. The years passed quickly by, and Claire and the sisters grew in holiness. They slept on the bare floor and spent their days working and praying. Claire had become abbess of San Damiano, 
and though she was more joyful than ever, she had grown frail and sick in recent years. There was a war going on at this time, and King Frederick of Sicily had hired the Saracens to fight for him. Despite this, the sisters had the comfort of living outside of the city. Their small stone convent was tucked in the woods, away from it all. But one chilly morning in September 1240, Sister Illuminata was out sweeping the stone steps in front of the convent when she heard a loud rumble. She stopped and squinted out into the field beyond as the deep rumbling grew louder and louder. Suddenly, from far in the distance, she saw what she had feared. Thousands of Saracen soldiers appeared on the edge of the field, ready to attack the convent. No. No. My heavens, what's the matter? They're here! It's the Saracens! Help me bolt this door! Oh, we must pray. This is surely the end. I must tell Reverend Mother. She'll know what to do. Mother Claire! Mother Claire! Sister Illuminata ran through the convent, her heart pounding as she yelled Claire's name over and over, desperately searching. Finally, she found her kneeling in the chapel, deep in prayer. Reverend Mother! They're here. The Saracens are here. Please, tell us what to do. Claire looked up at the crucifix that hung above the altar and turned to find the small chapel filled with every sister in the order looking to her. She slowly stood, knowing the Lord would give her guidance. Mother Claire, there's no time to spare. Should we hide? Maybe if we were to scatter ourselves throughout the convent, they wouldn't find us. No, they are here to kill us all and they would surely find us. Then what shall we do? The chapel stood still, all eyes on Claire. They heard the yells of the soldiers getting closer. The trampling of thousands of feet could be felt even within the stone chapel. Claire closed her eyes and prayed. In an instant, she knew what to do. Everyone, stay and pray in this chapel. Pray for the conversion of these soldiers, pray for our convent, and pray for God's will to be done. You have that look in your eye. What are you doing? This. Claire ran across the chapel and onto the sanctuary. She bowed deeply and picked up the monstrance holding the body of Christ and marched forward. The sisters trembled in fear, tearfully praying the prayers they thought would be their last. Claire heard the soldiers even louder than before and knew she didn't have time to spare. She ran through the halls, clutching the monstrance in her hands and praying to the Lord in the Holy Eucharist that this would work. Finally, she reached the stairs to the tallest tower that overlooked the fields around her and climbed up. By the time she reached the top, the soldiers around her began to scale the convent walls towards her. Claire held the monstrance high above her head and a brilliant light shone forth from the Eucharist. in the city of Assisi. All at once, everything was still. The soldiers froze mid-step. Even the horses stopped. They dropped their weapons to the ground and looked up at Jesus in the Eucharist in awe. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you.
One by one, the soldiers retreated. Claire's arms shook with the weight of the monstrance, but she held it high above her head until the last soldier disappeared into the woods. That day, the convent and the entire city of Assisi was untouched by the Saracens. December 1252, the snow began to fall lightly around the convent of San Damiano. The Advent season was one of Claire's favorite times of year. But as Christmas approached, Claire became more weak and frail with each passing day. Oh, Sister Philippa, I, I hate to bother you, but could you lend me a hand to get up? I, I can't seem to do it myself. Oh, I'm not sure you'll be able to go to Mass, Reverend Mother. You've just been too sick. It's Christmas Eve. I must go. Dear Lord, please give me strength. <clears throat> Sister Philippa went to Claire's side to try to help her stand, but it was clear she just didn't have the strength. Feeling defeated and exhausted, Claire leaned back against the wall. All I desire is to be with Jesus in the most holy mass. But perhaps as well as that I offer up this pain. I'm so sorry, Mother Claire. Don't be. Love that cannot suffer is not worthy of that name. Sister Philippa drew a blanket over Claire and quietly closed the door behind her. Claire closed her eyes and prayed, asking God for strength when she felt most weak. It was in this moment that she heard the faint sound of a Christmas hymn Claire looked up in confusion as the music grew louder and filled the room. And then, a miracle happened. The wall in front of her suddenly began to glow. The glow intensified, and suddenly, the wall was gone. In its place was a large circle with a view right into the Christmas Eve Mass happening in the chapel. Oh my goodness! Oh, thank you! This is a Christmas miracle, to let me witness the Mass like this. Claire wiped a tear of happiness from her cheek and prayed through the most magnificent Christmas Mass she could ever remember. And that was the last Christmas of Claire's life. On August 11th, 1253, Claire lay on the floor surrounded by her fellow sisters. Oh, Reverend Mother, what will we do without you? Do not fret. Love God. Serve God. Everything is in that. <laughs> I just wish you didn't have to leave us. Our labor here is brief, but the reward is eternal. Do not be disturbed by the clamor of the world which passes like a shadow. 
And now, I get to enter into the glory of the kingdom of heaven. And with that, Claire breathed her last and passed from this life. Only two years later, on August 15, 1255, Claire was canonized a saint by Pope Alexander IV. She is the patron saint of eye diseases and the television, which I bet after listening to this story you know why. The order that she founded is now called the Poor Clares and has over 20,000 sisters worldwide. They follow her example of joy found in the privilege of poverty. St. Clair led a radical life of holiness and lived without any material goods. Jesus once said, Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Not all of us are called to a radical life of poverty, but we're all called to poverty in spirit. We're all meant to know our true dependence on God not on what we own. What are ways that you can find joy in poverty? What are ways that you can depend on God? Maybe it's giving to the poor from your allowance, or giving of your time to a friend in need, or the simple act of trusting that He will provide for you in every part of your day. Whatever it is, know that there is great joy in sacrifice. That's what love truly is. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. And we are the team of Saints Alive. We are so grateful for all of our wonderful listeners and need your help to keep this going. Please consider donating to our ministry through our Patreon account, which you can find through our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. A special thanks to our new patrons who are donating $5 a month and up. These are families and individuals that help us continue to create Saints Alive. The Goki family, Philip Magdalene and Gregory Weisheit, Nicole Teifel, Eric Jeanette, Kiara, Blaze, Antonella, and Ambrose Pasqua, Isaiah, Anna, Zeke, and Ruth Tiprigun, James, Renee, Marion, Gloria, Rita, and Lillian Alice House, the McCann kids in Louisiana, Francis, Finn, and Niall, Joshua Pearson, Grace, Johnny, and Molly McBride, and Ada, Lydia, and Blaze Smith. Thank you all so much for helping make this podcast possible. Make sure to tune into our next episodes on St. Padre Pio, premiering September 12th and 19th.